1: From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Did your parents or carers smack you when you were a kid? Do you feel like it did you harm or was it an effective way of disciplining you? Did it leave you with trauma or do you now laugh about how you and your siblings had to do your hair for years with a brush with no handle because mum once hit you with it so hard it snapped? Or maybe that's just me. Just this week, Wales voted to ban smacking. So why is it still legal here in Australia? Today, we discuss whether physical punishment is effective, useful or necessary at all for children in 2020. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. I'm a mum of two boys. They're nine and 12
0: years old, and I never smack. I've always spoken to them like they're you know, grown up humans, so we never get to that point where you have to resort to violence. And as a result, they're not violent with each other either.
2: I'm a father of two boys and I found in the early stages a light smack followed by an explanation as to why what they've done was wrong seemed to curb their behaviour. Obviously as they've gotten older we've had to change the way that we discipline and I think that's really important to be able to find ways that are actually effective rather than just resorting to the smacking.
1: In the past, smacking a kid as a punishment for being naughty wasn't just a way of getting them to understand that what they'd done is wrong. It was your duty as a parent to hand down the justice.
2: It was the done thing. Nobody ever talked about it. I think you you did what your parents did to you, if you know what I mean.
1: Do you remember how you felt after smacking us?
2: Uh, probably a bit upset, but got rid of my frustrations.
1: And did you ever worry about what effect smacking would have on us?
2: Ne- never thought about it, not until I was older and like had grandchildren. Never even thought about what it would do to my children. I'd had it done to me, so I'm, you know, I didn't think that way. When I was at school, we used to get smacked with our nylon carpet beaters, you know, them round, funny-looking things. We got smacked with those when I was at boarding school, and the boys used to get smacked on the back of the leg with a rolled-up newspaper, I remember that. It wasn't only our parents that did the smacking, it was our teachers. So would you have ever smacked your grandkids? Oh, I don't think so. It's different when you're a grandparent.
1: What, you love them more than your own kids?
2: No, <laughs> not that way. <laughs> they're such special people, if you know what I mean. But what about your own kids? Aren't they special well, they're people? Special. They're special. You know, it's different when you've got your own children and you're trying to do everything as well as look after the children. You get a little bit frustrated at times. That's my mum, Jenny.
1: But just a few days ago, Wales joined countries like Finland, Scotland, Austria, Norway, South Africa and many others by passing laws that from 2020 will mean smacking your child will become illegal. And while the vote passed 36 to 14, there were some opposition to the plan, some saying it's now about governments telling people how to raise their own children, criminalising loving parents and by involving police in the matter, it could have far-reaching consequences. The other side of the argument called it an historic day, giving children the same legal rights as adults not to be assaulted. And although the laws have been under review in most states and territories here in Australia, smacking remains legal as long as it doesn't stray into territory considered unreasonable. Parents who overstep that line can be charged with assault. Patrick Lenter is an associate professor in the law faculty at the University of Technology, Sydney. Patrick, should smacking be made illegal here in Australia?
3: The answer to that is definitely yes, it should. It violates children's rights. It poses a risk of psychological harm to them. It's just bad for children on balance. And although it has certain benefits, its costs and disadvantages way outweigh any good that it brings.
1: You say it violates children's rights, but those opposed to bringing in these kinds of laws say it actually takes away parental rights. What do you say to that?
3: Well, of course, parents should have a certain discretion about how they raise their children. And for example, parents who want to raise their children in conformity with their cultural and religious beliefs should be permitted to do that, but that discretion that they have, that latitude is always circumscribed by the limitation that they should not raise their children in a way that sets back their children's basic interests, including interests in psychological health and integrity, and violates their children's rights. So there's a limitation, in other words, on the freedom accorded to parents to raise their children by their own lights.
1: Well, those same people who are opposed to these kinds of laws say that there is potential implications, legal implications of introducing a smacking ban. And that is the definition of smacking. And what if you uh, grab your child roughly because they're about to run into the road and someone witnesses that and then reports you to the police and then you could be charged with assault, that there are long reaching legal implications of including a ban like this. What do we say to that?
3: Well, I say, of course, there are legal implications, but those legal implications are not insurmountable. So one of the things you can do to allow, for example, parents to maybe exert physical force on their children to prevent when their children run into the road to prevent them from being knocked over by a car, one of the things you can do is introduce a provision like Section 59 of the New Zealand Crimes Act, which bans corporal punishment – but allows parents to inflict physical force for a range of other reasons not having to do with discipline. So you're permitted, for example, to hit your child if it's in your child's overall interests, to prevent it from suffering harm or damage or something like that. So that kind of legal provision is available. There's precedent for it. It doesn't prevent corporal punishment from being criminalised.
1: Here in Australia, these bans have been discussed and brought up in several different states over several different years, what do you think the yeah. chances are that federally we will bring in a law like a no-smacking ban?
3: One of the problems, one of the inhibitors of the kind of federal ban that you're talking about is that corporal punishment is so ingrained uh, culturally and has been around for such a long time and has support from various religious and cultural groups who are politically powerful that potentially potentially impedes the sort of federal legislation that you're talking about. When it's going to happen, I think it is going to happen. I think it is because I think that there's an international trend. If you look over the last 10 years or so, what you notice is country after country coming round to the inevitability of legally banning corporal punishment. So my sense is that it's not a question of if, but rather when, but that might might take a long time in the case of, of Australia.
1: Aside from the legal issues, what about the psychological impact of smacking children? Clinical psychologist at the University of Canberra, Dr Vivian Lewis, explains that we need to consider the definition of what a smack is first. It's
0: one thing where people might say, I don't know, your child's about to run onto the road and you're in shock and you give them a light smack on the hand just to teach them, no, that's not the right thing to do, to where, you know, people are smacking and it's leaving marks or it's causing distress or physical injury and those sorts of things. And I think that's a really, really tricky thing with smacking. So Most psychologists would say not to smack, But it's very important to emphasise the real reason behind that is because where does that stop and how do people know what's the difference between doing something that actually helps your child learn not to do certain behaviour and what might be actually considered child abuse.
1: If we are smacking our children, is that actually teaching them to smack others? Is that a short-term effect of doing that? Well, quite often with
0: children that do get smacked and get might get smacked quite regularly, the main problem with smacking is it doesn't actually teach the child what you want them to do. So say they're doing something naughty and you might smack them, the child knows obviously you're not happy with something and there's a punishment there, but they don't necessarily associate what they're actually doing with that smacking. So therefore, they don't necessarily learn that that's not Behaviour that the parent wants. Also, with smacking, it doesn't teach them what you actually want them to do. So, if you're wanting, say, for example, to teach a child pro social behaviour and to engage in kind behaviour or, you know, do as they're told, those sorts of things, you're much better off actually verbally teaching a child what to do, talking about the rules, talking about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Because quite often, when children do get smacked, what they're learning. Learning is when you're annoyed with someone or when you're angry at somebody, the way is to lash out. So, in answer to your question, is sometimes you do see that as in children will smack other children when they're not happy with their behaviour because they've learnt that that's what mum and dad do when they don't like things. So, sometimes you actually can see children actually physically hurting other children as a result of how they're being treated at home.
1: You mentioned it's better to talk about a problem verbally with your child, but there are going to be some, Look, I'm a parent, there are times where your kids do not listen, they don't want to communicate with you, especially if they're in a moment of really high emotional, you know, whether they're angry or frustrated or whatever. If your kid's not listening, how do you get through that verbally if they're doing something mm-hmm. that is really considered bad behaviour?
0: Yeah, I mean a lot of it comes down to sort of early teaching of pro-social behaviour and that's the thing. It's sort of trying to educate children along the way as to what are the rules and what do you want them to do because if you haven't got that foundation, then it's a lot harder to bring that in later on. I mean, at the same time, you know, we, we all get frustrated, we all get fed up with what's going on, particularly when you've had long stretches of looking after your children and you're tired and all the rest of it. And that's where it comes down to you being able to keep your cool, which is obviously Obviously easier said than done but you know when you do feel really frustrated sometimes the best thing you can actually do is just walk away or temporarily sort of leave the situation so you've got a chance to calm down but it is very important to teach them why you're angry why you're annoyed like what is it exactly about their behavior that's not okay and the problem is is when we do leave it till we're really frustrated that's often when we can lose our cool so rather than say it might be a light tap on the on the hand or something like that you know that's when we're much more likely to hit with force or hit with objects and those sorts of things and that would be considered abusive in a lot of ways so it's that sort of thin line sometimes so if you can get to kids early when they're doing behaviors you don't like rather than waiting till you've really lost your cool that's a lot more effective.
1: We talked about Like a short term psychological effect might be that your child thinks it's okay to hit somebody else. But are there long term effects? You know, when we talk about that, you know, I was smacked as a kid and I was, I'm okay now as a grown up, have we learned behaviors from that that we might be taking into our adult lives? You do find,
0: yes, there's a, there's a lot of people who were smacked as kids, and yes, and they will say they're fine now, but they may not remember perhaps the distress they might have felt at the time or the pain of it at the time or anything that they might have done as a child to other children. And the thing is, as well, where people have experienced, say, abuse in their past, there's always that risk that you might take that into adulthood.
1: What would you say to parents who say, nothing else gets through to my child? I've tried talking, I've tried rationalising, I've tried timeouts, I've tried all the things and nothing else gets through to them. What would you say to those parents?
0: That's when I think, you know, if you haven't already, it might be a good idea to actually seek some help. So whether that's some help from, say, a child psychologist or a behaviour management person or even a teacher at school to learn some strategies of trying to communicate more effectively with your child so that you're not feeling like absolutely every strategy you use doesn't work. And again, trying to get in early, trying to have those early teachings early on in kids' lives so they understand what the rules are and what is acceptable and not acceptable behaviour.
1: Swapping war stories of being smacked as a kid might be a bit of a laugh now, but it could have further impact on you than you think. At the end of my chat with my mum, we started to go deep on how smacking may have affected us as adults. I think it's probably affected my relationship with Dad a bit in that we were always taught to be a bit fearful of him. I've never really been close to him because he was the fear factor.
2: There's that thing too, yeah. I suppose if you if your mother says to you, I'll wait till your dad gets home and he'll sort you out and you think, oh my God, you know. Mm, he's a big scary monster guy. <laughs> huh? Yeah, you don't know what psychological effect you have on a child by saying that. you not only got to watch what you do with your children, you've got to watch what you say too.
1: No one wants to be scared of the person they love the most. This episode of The Quickie was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you want us to follow up a new story in more detail, you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook or shoot us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au.